This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, and when I asked him how many times he wanted Mike Leach, the coach of our beloved Mississippi State Bulldogs, fired last night, I wasn't sure I believed him when he said never more than 12. Brian Nelson. <laughs> That's an absolute <laughs> lie. <laughs> it was far more than <laughs> I figured it probably was. So, yeah. <laughs> a little inside, a little inside info on our favorite yeah. college football team. So, yes, uh, I wanted to mention that I feel like we're heading to a scary love scene between serial. Yes, and it, it feels like. And I can't decide if I'm frightened or into it. Yeah, I know. It's it's really weird what's going on with there. Look, I can't wait to talk about Serial. Serial is one of the most interesting characters I think we may have ever covered on this podcast. So Yes, uh, I think you're right on that. So, uh, if you've been listening to podcasts as we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the ninth episode of Andor titled Nobody's Listening on Disney+. Plus. If you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and when you you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you can't be a patron you can help the show out by rating us on spotify and apple Podcasts. leave us a five-star rating and if you have time write us a review while you're there if you do write a review on apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record all right we are talking about andor and just to give you a little heads up guys uh, we mentioned this in our uh, previous episodes. We're going to be covering Wakanda forever. We don't have time to do four podcasts, guys. I'm sorry. We, ju- we just don't have that kind of time. Uh, so we are going to skip Andor one more week next week. Uh, we'll get back to it when they air episode 11. A uh, little, dis- little disappointed that we had the, the schedule working out that way because next week's episode could be a doozy, to say the least. Yeah, uh, but uh, like I said, it's just of all the things that we're covering right now, uh, our Andor one gets a little bit less coverage. And it, look, it kind of goes along with the fact that there's there's not a lot of people watching this, but I think that will eventually change as time goes on. Yeah, so, all right, uh, look, we're focusing on the ninth episode. We didn't get a chance to talk about the eighth episode last week because we ended up having to skip it because we were just kind of running out of time. Uh, we'll kind of talk about it as we go along because really these two episodes go together very, 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 very well. But mm-hmm. what were your yeah. general thoughts on uh, the ninth episode? I guess the eighth episode as well. Man, this I love this show so much. I know. It's just. So good. I was actually, I actually went to a football game yesterday complaining about I wanted my coach fired. And uh, I was uh, hanging out with some buddies eating. And I, this show came up in conversation multiple times because mm-hmm. one, of, one of my friends was actually watching it too. And, and we were trying to convince another guy to start watching it. And I was just like, this is the best show on. Right. And like everything that Tony Gilroy has done well in the movies, he has brought it to this show. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just incredible. It's one thing after another. The tension in the prison, the tension in the interrogations, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and you're just wanting more. You're wanting to see people tortured. What's wrong <laughs> with this? But, like, I, I can't get enough of it. This yeah. is, the, you know, House of the Dragon had some of that. Rings of Power a little bit. Uh, but, like, this, I want more, more. Yeah. You know, it's so good. Yeah, it really is. It, it's it's very good. You know, kind of the same thing. I had I've had similar instances because last when I posted about this show on Facebook and on Twitter, 
after this episode, after this ninth episode, I said one thing I said was there's a bunch of Star Wars fans out there who aren't watching this and they're doing themselves a incredible disservice. And the number of people who had came up to me and said, So is it really that good? It's like, yes. I mean, yes. I had a lot of people come up to me and say, Yeah, I haven't been watching it. Is it really that good? Yeah, it really is. Look, yeah. I had to always warn them, like, you may not like the first two episodes at first, you but you will appreciate them after you get to that third episode. Uh, but it is, yeah, it's just so, so incredibly good. And this episode is no different. Uh, the ninth episode, I knew it was going to be, uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong about this. And maybe it was just, I don't know, maybe it was something I felt. Was the opening music different this week? It felt like it was much different. It was like faster and more frenetic. I'll, I'll be honest, man. I skip it. Do you? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I just, I like the vibe of it. And it, yeah. it gets me going into this show. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I always, I always kind of play. Cause a lot, of, a lot of intros I skip, like the peripheral, I skip that intro every time. Yeah. Uh, I did the same thing yeah. with Lord of the Rings. Uh, sometimes I would skip uh, house. Of the Dragon. I just like the house of the dragon music. Yeah. I kind of watch it sometimes <laughs> too. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but I always watch the I always watch the little opening music on this show because it just has it it just creates a vibe I think that's so important and then this week like I said if you're listening to the show hit me up on Twitter or something Justin at Justin M Strawn uh, and tell me if you got the same thing because it really felt like it was like a lot faster tempo and a much more frenetic pace so I was wondering if I was the only person who who thought that I, I need to go back and watch and look at some of the other episodes see if, if that was indeed the case but um. Like I said, I saw. I kind of felt like this episode was going to be different, and it is. It's not just. It's not just insanely different, but there is a much more helter skelter feel to this episode than yeah. we've gotten in the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, one of the things hey, I th- know, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, one of the things I was going to say is, you know, we talked about the, throughout the first six episodes, three episode arc, three episode arc, and obviously they don't do the prison break in this episode, but it almost feels like this. Like episode seven was just a reset. Like episode right. seven was all right. We had the big huge event in the in the heist where they still eighty million in credits from the Empire, and we got to kind of reset everything now. And then like the three episode arc starts back with episode eight. Did you kind of get that same feeling? I got the same thing. I got the same feeling. But this arc ended because the whole thing was getting everybody in the prison yeah. and especially Kino Lloyd, yeah. the great Andy circus on board to do something. And they did. Yeah, they did. They, they, yeah. they hundred percent did that. So like that was good. They had to get closer to catching Andor the, the empire and they did as well. Yeah. And I will say, this is the one thing that I have an issue with this show. I've talked around about this. The only issue I have with this show is the fact that he is sitting in their prison and like there is no identity check or any way of verifying his identity because he's in this prison as under a false identity. Look, I've never been to prison. I will admit to this. I've never been to prison. I've never been in jail. So I can't give you like a firsthand account of this, but I know people who have been to prison. I know people who have been to jail. And the things they do to check your identity, they make sure they have the right person in jail. That's in like right. said, in yeah. our society. So I would think, you know, that's if with a far greater technology in the star Wars universe, you would think that they could kind of figure that part out. Like I said, it's kind of the one thing that's kind of nagging at me about this show. Uh, right. And like I said, maybe they'll eventually address it. I don't know. But like I said, did uh, Dedra Miro as great as she is, like she has found out all this information. She has uncovered all this stuff, but she can't even figure out that the guy they're looking for is in the prison. Uh, like I said, that's a little bit of an issue for me, but nevertheless, I'll, I'm, I'm, I get that. I get that. So um, anyway, so let's kind of get into this. One of the things that is interesting to me 
is, and I've talked about this in when we talked about episode seven. You know, Cyril Karn is just a fascinating character. Look, he's mm, he's yeah. he's awful. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, yeah. he is awful, but he is fascinating. And I think this is like the third time that they opened with him in an episode, which is always strikes yeah. me because he. He doesn't outside, but he was obviously very integral to the plot in the first three episodes. And he had the episode, he had the moment in episode, was it, it was episode eight where he gets interrogated by, by Dejamiro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. outside of that, he hasn't really had that actual much of an actual impact on the story. But they keep him around and they keep emphasizing him. And I, I said in our, our last episode that we did on the show, it was, you know, I thought that maybe they might be setting him up for a redemptive arc because the fact that he keeps getting crapped on all the time by the empire mm-hmm. that's out the window i think at this point what are you thinking I, 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 no i disagree do you really yeah because miro uh is ha, used him last time for his knowledge and gave him really no credit right uh and then now granted they they <laughs> they had some s&m type yeah, uh, yeah they did that is uh vibes going but besides that, he is still getting crapped on by oh, the yeah, Empire. He, yeah, he's still getting crapped and on. no one is listening to him, and he's right. I still think the face turn may be coming for him. It could, but I'm, I'm less convinced of it now. Because after seeing his his interaction with, with Edramiro in this one, where he is like psychotically obsessed with her yeah. and with the empire in general like i said that was something that completely caught me off guard i was not expecting that i think what's going to happen is either she's into it and i'm not 100 percent she wasn't then she might not have been see i could see her uh and boy this would be a road i'm shocked star wars is going down her tying him up and beating him as you know some kind of uh uh like fantasy thing i think what they might do with that because I, I can't see them letting that would be just be too much for for star wars and for disney yeah. in general i can't see but i think they what they there's a couple of different roads i see them going down i see them going down where just their mutual their their mutual desire to have the rebellion crushed leads them to do leads them together and leads him to do things that in the hopes of like gaining her attention and trying to impress her that causes things to go bad for the empire. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Too. Uh, I could see it where, uh, you know, there's this little scene in this episode where Dedra is talking to Patrick Partagast. There's that scene where they're talking about where they had this pilot from Anton Krieger. I think it was the guy's name. Yeah, that was the name. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking about this pilot and they don't really, we hear this plan that they have where they're basically they they're going to kill the guy. They're, they make it pretty obvious they're going to kill him. But and they, wasn't that the same pilot that uh, that was Saw Gerrera was mm-hmm. mentioned? Yeah, yeah, that was the same one that they had this conversation in episode eight between Saw Gerrera and Luthen. Uh, but they're basically putting it like we want to kill him. We got to kill him uh, because he's part of the rebellion. He he's got to go, but we don't want it to. We don't want a martyr situation, so we need to make it look like an accident. It makes me think like he's going to do something that's going to cause a problem, and Dedra's going to like do something to basically have him done away with and make it look like an accident or something like that. Like, right. and there is the face turn as well. There's that. There's that as well. And like I said, there's a, so many different possibilities 
with this character and every time he's on screen i'm looking for what it is that tony gilroy is trying to accomplish this character and to their credit this is the only real mystery out there because he's got this uncle who has uh uncle what's what's his name uncle harlow harlow uncle harlow who we still haven't seen and it makes me wonder if he's actually somebody that is a part of the star wars universe that just has like this nickname of uncle harlow uh, i think so i think so too and i'm not so sure he's not going to be in a rebel harlow is going to be a big part at some point he has to be they keep bringing him up yeah i know you can't keep bringing him up as often as they're bringing him up without actually putting him into the show and like I said, to give Tony Gilroy credit, they are he has done a masterful job with this. And give Kyle Soller a lot of credit because Yeah, he's good. He has made us he has made me at least just completely fascinated by the care. Look, he is completely awful right now. I mean, just yeah. this this weird attachment and obsession that he has with Dedra and like like you're like oh gosh he's like going down like a uh, uh, fatal attraction kind of thing here with with, with Dedra and like I said. I don't know what it is about the character, but he's just absolutely fascinating. He is absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah, he is, man. And just the way that guy plays the part, like you, he's creepy, but you kind of feel for him. Right. But you just don't know what he's going to do next, man. He Fascinating. Well, it's, I mean, it's just a, with this opening episode, this opening scene in this episode, where they have him talking with his mother and his mother, and he's like showing how good he can find stuff out because like she's apparently been snooping around in his room and she he he reveals to her like i know you're doing this i understand uh and like he's like you need to leave that crap alone i mean he's got this secret quit looking in my box quit looking what? in my box that's got like like action figures in it and stuff i mean he is so just weird and like i said you kind of will tell you I was watching Dahmer at the same time. Oh, were you really? And, and Dahmer had a box as well. Oh, did he? Yeah, I've seen oh, one episode. Like, I haven't finished it. Oh, God. That was giving me vibes on him being a serial killer. It's just weird that that Tell was on at cereal. the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's eating cereal all the time. And this, so maybe uh, that's what they're going down. So like I said, the, the, and that's another thing. Like this, the constant showing of cereal. And him yeah. always eating the cereal, like that's got to mean something. It's got it's to. Got and uh, and and the overbearing weird mom. Yeah, again, like I said, Edie is fantastic. I love her. I mean, she is fantastic. She's, she's awful again, kind of like cereal yeah. is, but she's fantastic. She's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, it sounds like she's quite has quite the Broadway career from what oh, really? I, from what I've heard. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I could see her being a Broadway yeah. actress. Yeah. I could I could see yeah. that. So, uh, like I said just the whole character and everything they're doing with it is the most fascinating part of the show. Look, it, there's a lot of really good stuff that I'm just, you know, completely in tune with, but the part that intrigues me the most is everything that they're doing with him. Cause I've thought I've had it figured out since the beginning. And every time I think of they do, they do something different with him. And I'm like, Oh, well maybe they're, they're I, not going down that road. I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I haven't given up on your theory yet. I, like I said, I'm less convinced of it after the, after this week. Yeah. I, I really am. Maybe they maybe they are, but I don't know. I'm, I'm less convinced yeah. of it this week. So, uh, but like I said, like he he doesn't have a lot to do in this, but he was really just completely fascinating you, when we you see him. Say that he has the creepiest scene of the show. Well, yeah, where, I mean, yeah, that's right. And then a, a scene that has torture. Oh, that's just right. He was in that part of it as well. Yeah, I forgot about no, that. No, no, I'm talking about where he interrupts uh, Mira. Yeah, yeah, he interrupts her. This scene is creepier than a scene that involved oh, I see what you're saying. yeah i see what you're saying yeah you're right you're not you're not incorrect about that so uh it's just whenever he's there he's just you, you always have yeah. to pay attention you always have to pay attention do you, do you have a fascination with serial killers I'm, maybe this is something oh you had that psychology background i, I figured you out <laughs> oh yeah every time 
Yeah, every time I see something like this, I'm hooked every single time. How funny. We've been doing this show for 11 months. I've figured you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I said, every time I get these these just weird dark characters who are just so complex psychologically, it, 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 I'm, I'm keyed in every time. So, And if your wife would, would listen, she'd be like, Ron is so right. I can, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I could hear her. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so let's talk about Dedra because we then meet back up with her. And one of the things I have loved that they have done with this character is because for the first seven episodes, she is presented as sympathetic, and because she's Mm -hmm. working, because she's getting shut down, she's getting shot down every time she turns around. Anything that she's doing with the ISB, she's the only woman. Uh, Blevins is doing his best to try to take her down at any time that she you know puts her neck out there. And you're, you know, you're kind of like, all right, well, good for you. You're, you're, you're doing the work. You're, you're out there. You're putting yourself out there. We kind of have this. They are creating this sympathetic vibe for her, and then they make you feel so guilty about it, starting in episode eight, and especially here in episode nine, because it's like, oh no, she's awful. Oh gosh, what did, what were we rooting yeah. for? Yeah, who was it uh, that said, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely? Oh, who was it that said that? Uh, I know the quote. It's like John Locke, or not not John Locke from Lost, but right, someone yeah, the like actual Lost, yeah. But she is a perfect example because, like you said, she, she was very sympathetic, and then she started getting praise. Yeah, she started liking it once and she got in power. Tell, mm-hmm. You could tell if she is enjoying it because she's not giving Miro her relationship with the guy. I can't think of his name, and he's really good. The guy who plays her. I guess assistant. assistant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he speaks up in one of the meetings and then she looks around like, Whoa, right, like, like I feel like we're going to have a scene where she chews him out for that. Uh, choose him out or even like, worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she was like, you know, I'm the one who you tell me this and you know, but like you could just sell like her whole demeanor has changed mm-hmm. and just even where her just going after Bix. Yeah. I mean, Wow, and that was a great, great scene because Bix is tough. Yes, yeah, she is tough, and she did. You know, at first looked concerned, but even she wasn't showing it. She wasn't going to show her cards, but even she had to give in. That's how, you know, psychotic and whatever that torture Miro and was it Doctor Gal was that Gasto or I think is what his name his name was. Uh, but while you're looking that up, yeah, one of the things I'm glad you pointed that out because yeah, Doctor you know, Gorst, Gorst, that's right. Uh, in episode eight, at the very end, like one of the last things that we see is she has tortured the guy who runs that shop that uh, Bix was going to to use the radio. She has tortured him. He is just in shambles. Uh, and they said, uh, "Do you want us to?" They're getting ready to bring Bix up to them because they they've captured her and they've they've got her as well. And Dedra says, "No, leave him there." And as soon right. as they open the door, she's like, what are you doing? Why would you leave? Why would you let her sit? Like, that's just so right. sinister to, to know what she's doing and then to act like she had no part of it. I mean, she, they are doing the, Denise golf. Uh, I guess I'd say pretty her last name is golf. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know anything about this woman before the show. I don't know if she's been in anything else, but man, I looked her up, but I, I was thinking she had been in game of Thrones, but I don't think I saw her. And in- yeah, I yeah. don't think she was either, but she's, she's been fantastic. I was going to say, uh, she would have gotten Tyrion Lannister last week. Right. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> spoiler, she's going to get it again. Uh, but yeah, but she's just she's just really, really good. I've, I've really liked her. Co- I, her. I, 
I've liked her too. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, you like her, but you don't like her because like, no, no. And that, like her said, acting. Yes, uh, and that's what I think is just so great is the fact that they, because like in episode eight when she, oh, I started to realize just how awful she's going to be. Like, oh crap! And I was rooting for this girl. What was I thinking? Why would I do something like that? And because she is, she is obviously, you know, you unleashed a demon when uh, they unleashed yeah. her. So, wow, and she is uh, forty. Yeah, forty three. I think. Forty two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, she looks good. I thought I would have thought she was mid thirty. Well, I think it's what they're doing is they're trying to set up both her and Kyle Solar. I think Solar is thirty nine, if I'm not mistaken. They're what they're trying to do is they're trying to set these two up as younger than they actually are. I think they want those to believe they're kind of like oh around God. thirty. I j- I just watched her in Under the Banner in Heaven, and she looks totally different in that. And she plays a Mormon with an American accent. I didn't recognize her. Yeah, like I said, I think they're trying to. They want us. I think the idea is they want us to understand. Think of, they want us to believe that they are younger and that they are kind of still searching for things in life. At least that's kind of yeah. the, the vibe I've gotten from both of them. But yeah, just she has been a revelation these last couple of episodes. Just the way that she, she is. This the way that she is pursuing these means of these things and look it's like you said a second ago bix is tough she's extremely tough and this this uh this torture that dr gorst goes through uh look he is apparently in some other uh he was apparently in another show i don't remember what show that it was he was in um joshua james is his name i cannot believe the character she plays sam uh worthington's wife and this, she's kind of this redneck Mormon. Oh, really? I, I'm just shocked. This is the same actor. That's a uh, Sam Worthington was the detective on that, right? He would no. He was one of the Mormons. Okay, okay. He's no. the guy from Avatar. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's I, right, I don't want right. to get too much into it, but he's he's in the family that they're investigated by. I he's I cannot believe it's the same person. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched a couple of episodes. I haven't finished. I need to finish that show. But yeah, I'm, I'm hard to remember who you're talking about now because uh, I didn't recognize her either. I'm glad you mentioned because I would not have thought that. Uh, but Doctor Gorst, one of the, just what they do with these characters, like Doctor Gorst. I mean, he's like not this like he's going to be torturing Bix, and he obviously does a really good job. But apparently, like this thing they put on her head, like plays like this. It's and she, he explains it so well. I wish I could play a sound clip of it, but apparently like they were like torturing children at some point and like these these communications officers for the empire here and like they were so disturbed by it they're like found like huddled up in a corner just shivering and shaking and they're like oh okay well let's use that somehow i mean that's just yeah. what the and like dr gorst is like just explaining this like oh it's just another day at the office I know. he's not like this sinister you know mustache twirling torturer yeah. he's just doing his job and it's like okay well, huh. the, the only thing he did was really bad when he's like well some people did have some issues with right. the, with the hearing or something so he's in uh he's on a tv an hbo max show called industry that's, that's the very popular for the people i have not watched it i know some people that love it i it's on my list. Yeah, it's on my list too. Because uh, it's, it, from what I understand, succession like. Yeah. But it appears he's in several episodes. Yeah, it's he's, like for younger people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So. Well, I guess we don't need to watch then, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I want to watch it. I've heard like I heard it. It's basically succession with younger people is what I've what yeah, I've yeah. heard. So you know, I'm all for that. So, uh, right. but yeah, I, I will I will be interested to see. Uh, I would like to see him in that. So, and the, that's just another yeah. that's just another carrot to get me dangled out dangled out there to get me to watch it. So, well, I was going to mention one more thing, and uh, we may be hearing it later. But when uh, uh, Miro says. 
the worst thing you can do right now to Bix is you, bore me. Is bore me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that scene is just fantastic between the two of them. Them, uh, the the back and forth because you know. It, and Bix even comes out and says that eventually is, you know, she's trying to get information out of her. And Bix is like, you're never going to believe me anyway. Even No matter what I say, you're not going to believe me. Right. So, like, let's just get on with this and let's just go ahead and get it over with. Right. And it's obvious that she completely breaks Bix because when they're having these these uh, debriefings at the ISB and they're talking about all the information together. I mean, she basically tells, I mean, she has all this information, you know, he came to, uh, and or came to me three days after the events on Aldani. Uh, I've, she talks about their entire relationship, what they've been through. Uh, I mean, just all this stuff that, you know, we know about casting and or she now knows it because Bix gave it to her. And right. so, yeah, I, I was going to say, what do you think was in the? Because you asked on Twitter, <laughs> what, was what, 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 what do you think was making her scream? I guess she was playing Barbie Girl by Aqua over and over. <laughs> I was thinking it's either got to be uh, Nickelback or Imagine Dragons. I'm figuring that was oh, yeah. since they're the two like <laughs> most despised bands out there nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's uh, that whole scene is just fantastic. The way that they're doing yeah. that, uh, the way that Bix, who has just been this tough as nails character throughout this. The course of this entire thing she's completely broken because like when they revisit this later on in the episode when they revisit her talking to to dedra later on after she's gone through the torture i mean you can tell she's just she's just done i mean she is completely yeah. done and completely broken right. and she's just ready to be be over with it and they they elect to leave her alive because they figure they might still get more information out of her or she could also be uh the potential to uh draw yeah. Uh, casting in they don't do anything to marva which is great and glad they don't torture old this old oh. woman uh but they also understand you know they're going to leave her out there as because you know that was the main reason why Cassian came back and this is what they learned from bix is the reason that he comes back to to ferrix after the aldani job is because of uh his relationship to marva now bix doesn't know that she was apparently she doesn't know that uh, he was part of the Aldani uh, job because yeah. she doesn't reveal that to him. And I, like, I was trying to remember back to episode six or seven if he ever actually told her. I don't think he did. Now that I think no, about I don't, it, no, he, I don't think he did either. So uh, they want to leave Marva there as you know the possibility that he, if he does try to come back to get her, that's when they could pounce on her. Like I said, everything is going really great for the Empire. They're figuring all this information out, and like I said. That was that you mentioned a second ago when his when her assistant kind of chimes in when she first starts to postulate to the ISB that this whole thing was connected to Aldani that Cassie Andor is connected to her to that to the Aldani job uh, and you know Partagas is isn't convinced at all he's like that seems like a stretch and she's kind of like okay well crap I've got to convince him I really don't know how to convince him and that's when his assistant her assistant steps up and says. He was clean shaven, just like all the rebels at the at Aldani were. She gives him just this look, uh, like, yes. "What are you doing? This is like, don't you step out of line?" And it's right. such a weird dynamic because of the fact that those are things that were being done to her, you know, about a month ago, according to the timeline that we're going through here. Right, right, right. So, like, I mean, go ahead. And I believe that is Leo Leo Ross's Chloris, isn't that the character's name? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. So uh, I'll be interested in what goes, what happens as a result of that. Is you know, d- does she? Do we get a scene with him? Does her just chewing him out? Do, does she get herself a new assistant? Because we haven't seen Blevins ever since he kind of got put in his place by party yeah, guest. Yeah. Uh, be, I would, I would like to know what happened to him, uh, but we don't know at this point. Uh, Let's talk about Mon Mothma real quick, because I want to talk about all the stuff before yeah. we get to uh, Narkina 5. Um, this one, you know, Mon, the Mon Mothma stuff is, is, catches my attention every single time that we see it, because you can tell that she's not trying to put forth this, this idea that she's just completely beholden to the Empire. She wants it. It's clear that, you know, she doesn't agree with everything on the public service, that she doesn't agree with everything that's happening in the Empire. But it is still, she still is showing her, she still is putting forth a, an idea of, uh, you know, even though I don't agree with everything, I'm, I would still never betray them because nobody seems to believe that. We talked about this in episode seven when they, uh, present uh is it tay yeah tay yeah tay yeah when they present him that she's he's kind of completely blindsided by this but we get some interesting revelations about her because like when we first see her she's giving this speech in the in the senate and she's getting shot down there's a few people in the senate that are saying you know listen to her she's right but most people are right. turning their lights off and recognition basically signifying we don't agree with her we don't want anything to do with her we don't believe her and when she's she's obviously had a really tough day, she gets into her car and her her chauffeur or whatever it is, her driver, says, uh, your cousin is at home. And she's just shocked. And she's like, now, really? Um, I was I couldn't really tell if she was happy about this or if she was yeah. scared about this. And then uh, when they reveal that it's Vail, it's like, oh, OK. I, didn't I was see shocked that it's Vail. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Uncle Harlow. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I, I didn't. Was, I didn't clock yeah. that. that. That's when it was Vel. I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Yeah, it does. And like I said, but it wasn't something that I, I was I saw coming at all. The fact that Vel is related to my mom because we've been wondering this entire time: is Vel related to Luthen? Is he her daughter? Right. And apparently that's out the window at this point. So uh, he could uh, still. They could still be some connection. That could be the, how they gotten to know each other. But and and Vel is very interesting because every time we see her. Like this time, she's dressed up very nicely. She looks like a totally different person. She has a lot of makeup on. Mm-hmm. Like you know, she's like very attractive looking. Like but, and the other times we've, she's been nothing like. Well, I guess at the train station, yeah, she was. She was. But it was like this is like a totally different person. I think it was the Ringer Midnight Boys are like, oh my gosh, Vel is Paris Hilton in the Rebel <laughs> One. She is. She really is. Yeah, and that's really is. Cause, I mean, Maude mentions that. You're just a rich girl. What right. are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that's what she tells her to do. She's just going to be a rich girl for a little while. And like I said, this gives this gives you a lot more respect for, for Belle doing this because she obviously comes from great means. And when she decided that this cause means so much to her that she spent five months living in the woods and eating right. scraps and who knows what else uh, and just living on the barest of means – for five months and for this spoiled little rich girl was what she's was what she has been for all her life for her to do that you know it gives you a lot more respect for her as uh individual and, absolutely and it seems like you know Cinta because we didn't get to talk about uh the you know the reunion between Cinta and Vale in episode eight but that I think played such a pivotal role because Cinta tells 
Sintatel's Vel in that in that episode in kind of this briefing that we give because they're trying to fa- they're trying to track down Cassie and Andor as well because they've been they're the ones who've been commissioned to kill him. Um, you know, th- they go they're they're having this moment and Vel's like, you know, we need some moments for ourselves. We need to have some time for ourselves. And Sinta's like, no, you knew when we signed up for this that the cause came first, and that's what's always going to be. And and whatever is left, that's for us. And like she repeats that line to to Mon Mothma, like you know, whatever is left after the rebellion, that's what you and I can have. That's the relationship we yeah. can have. But it's got to be the rebellion first. So he, I mean, Sinta right has back what Sinta had given her. Yeah. So Sinta has apparently you know really gotten to her and has made her mm-hmm. put her priorities well, in focus. Her. And she was devastated when Cynthia said Oh, that. yeah, she was. 100% yeah. devastated. Oh, and I was going to correct. Uh, uh, Deidre's assistant is attendant Hart. Oh, okay. And he's played by James J- Jacob James uh, Beswick. Is okay. The, the actor's name. So okay. Attendant Hart. Yeah. Like but yeah, that was the Vell thing, man. It's just like, wow. And like you said, you got to give her more credit. Yeah, you do. You she really was do. just thrust in this, and she was pretty good later for all things yeah, considered i mean you saw it kind of makes the the you know that moment when in episode six when they're getting ready to actually start the start the heist because it takes that it's what actually has to happen is uh Cinta and vel have to make that jump off that dam and that's when that's when it starts but there is that moment of hesitation for vel so you kind of this makes more sense when you see her coming from this background why it would be difficult for her to to make that jump because she comes from such a different background than what you think she does. You kind of think that she's, she's this girl who's been taken advantage of, who has been trampled on. And she's probably more like Mon Mothma in reality, where she just sees what's going on around her and she don't want to do something about it. Uh, It was, it was, man, like you said, the Mon scenes are always great. They are. I mean, all Shut crazy. up, Genevieve O'Reilly. Yeah, so let's talk about what happens after after Vel leaves. So Tay Colma comes back, and look, give them credit. Like I said, everybody thinks they're sleeping together. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the daughter has been acting a little bit more concerning the last couple episodes. Right. Like she may be telling on mom yeah because it, it like that's the that's the impression everybody's getting because like as soon as he walks yeah. in the door vel like uh is like okay are you sure Lights that's up. all there is to this well i will say perrin wasn't as bad this episode no he was a husband and and we found out he was like you know this uh how did they call what did you call him like he was like the firebrand uh, kid in the academy. Like right. he was a star. Yeah, he was. Man. And he was like he was like the the true believer. And I'm like, Perrin? Yeah, I know. What? That, it, what's your surprising? So you know, yeah. it's it's weird the, the road that everybody can take and how they uh, what happens to them after they take that road. So, uh, but so you know, we're getting this update from Tay to uh, to Mon Mothma about the funds because she's trying to she's trying to access her funds and. Basically, Tay tells her, you know, everything looks fine except for this 400,000 credit withdrawal that you took. And he's like, I can't explain it. I don't have anything to explain it with. And she's like, all right, well, what can we do? And he's like, well, we have to get this. We have to get a banker who can like vouch for all this type of stuff. And she's like, you're saying this like you have somebody in mind. And I don't remember the person's name that he says, but apparently it's basically just a thug. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, and Please let this be Varys or Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones. No, that, would well, those actors, yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, but she's basically kind of in a bind at this point. And that's, 
you know, this is again testing, you know, how how uh, how committed to this cause is she? And we obviously know that she is because she is one of only two characters that we will see. Well, actually three, because there's somebody in the prison that's, uh, was in the, uh, the movie Andor as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. but you know, she's one of only three characters that we see later on in the star Wars universe. So she's obviously very committed, but this is the early points for her. This is where she's really having to make some decisions because, you know, she's got to deal with some pretty awful people. And that's kind of what this they're, they're trying to hint at throughout the course. Of this is, if you're going to do rebel and if you're going to go against your government and they're doing some things that are wrong, then you're going to have to get in bed with some people that you don't necessarily want to get in bed with. And this right. is one person that she's going to have to do that with. I know. And it's, uh, I can't wait to see where it goes. Like you said, we know that she survives, right. Uh, till at least, uh, return of the Jedi, right? Wasn't she in? That yeah, I think she was well? in return of the Jedi. I think, I think she was, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. she was the so one like debriefing. Right. So, um, I can't wait to see where it's going and how she becomes such a bigger part. So well, I can't wait to see what happens with her family. <laughs> I mean, that as well. as well. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, I don't look. Obviously, she was just a minor character in the uh, the three main Star Wars films, but you know, there's no mention of her having a family or anything like that in in those films. But how well, much they would have. Like- Sounds like sounds like she's a bigger part of either Clone Wars or Rebels, but again, they don't mention the family. Right, they, they don't mention the family. So, like I said, I'll, I'll be interested what they do with her family if they if they are still around after this. I feel yeah. like Perrin is yeah. not going to be. I really no. don't feel that. I feel kind of confident about that. And you know what? After this episode, I could see Perrin sacrificing himself to save her. Well, maybe. Yeah, he might could. Because uh, we, we also found out that they were high school lovers and have stayed together. Well, they were high school lovers, but they were they were part of an arranged marriage. This is what their planet, yeah. their system comes from. Is right, right, right. This is the old ways of their of their their tribe or their or their I don't know what what you want to call it, but uh, you know it wasn't because they weren't they weren't put together because they loved each other. They were put together because their parents came together and said you had to be together. So he he was the star man. Yeah, he was. So it, it, they're trying to make us understand that you know this was he was a catch according you know she was blessed to be able to marry this guy yeah. because of the fact that he is this he was this hot shot. Yeah. And, you know, but outside of that, you know, you're starting to see that necessarily just being a hot shot in this academy isn't so great. So, well, I will say this was the first episode, even with that, that you felt like they did kind of, they still kind of like each other. Yeah, you do feel like that. You do feel that way. I mean, you do kind of get that sense as well in this one. Uh, And like, you kind of get a sense that, you know, he's not just real thrilled about Tay always being around. He's not real. uh, He's not real comfortable with this whole idea. And and with, and if you're going to stick around someone like Perrin, you it would have to be love. Let's just be honest. No, you're you are correct about that. So, uh, so let's take that takes us actually to Narkeen Five, where we actually yeah. are need to discuss uh, Cassie and Andor. So, okay, so I got to say one thing uh-huh. on the previous episode. How pumped were you when Andy Circus just shows up? That was going to be my question to you. I was like, yes, yes, I was ecstatic. I was like, oh goodness, we're getting Andy Circus back. And look, and like, I'm not. I wouldn't even consider myself the biggest fan of his. Like, I'm not like. Of course, like I've probably seen him more on green skin characters. Right, yeah. and, 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 That's like, what when I mostly. saw him. Yeah, but when I saw him, I was like, oh man. This is awesome. Yeah, and it's great because we're getting him back in a role that we actually like because he's been in Star Wars for if you're yeah. if you're not just you know a, a huge following of the Star Wars lore and the casting and all that stuff. He was Snoke in the and the sequel trilogy. So he's been in Star Wars before. I'm sorry, I, I slept for those movies. What, what was this character again? His name was Snoke. So uh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I do remember him. Yeah. that was the. 
but yeah, so uh, he, he's coming back to the Star Wars universe, which is fantastic. Uh, he is plays uh, what is Kino uh, Loy? Kino Loy, thank you. He plays Kino Loy, who is basically get in line. Yeah, he's the he's the he's the guy. He's like the he's like the job boss or whatever. Uh, the foreman well, probably is what he would be. Yeah, because if you've ever watched a movie, unfortunately, about slavery, right, especially about like the Civil War in the United States, there's usually was a black slave that played this part where right. he's like hey i'm the leader and he was just as mean as everyone anyone else right and he, you know he's even though he's part of it he's part of the of the of the prison he's still you know he's the guy who's kind of leading because he's the one who, who is just trying to get out and that's kind of what they're setting up is he is within less than a year away from getting yeah. out and he's just wanting to make it as quick as possible and get as much done as he possibly can and he doesn't want anybody stepping out of line that was going to ruin this. And that's what they're kind of setting up in this episode is, and or, you know, you and I talked about this off air last week. You know, uh, we weren't sure if the prison record was coming this week because we didn't really see how anybody was going to be yeah. able to break him out. Silly us. We should have seen this all along that Andor was going to break himself out. Right, right. Uh, and that's what, the, that's what they're setting up. And Cassian yeah. has to have, he doesn't necessarily have to have uh, Kino involved in the plan but he doesn't he just needs Kino not to screw it up but he would be right. great if he could just have Kino involved because that would help out a whole lot well and this was a huge episode for andor it really was because we saw a different side even from him and the heist because you saw his leadership skills mm -hmm. he knew i've got to get everybody in on me if we're, if I'm going to get out of here, because like there were so many times when he was he was helping everyone, right? And like he gave credit, even though it was his idea, he was giving the other guys credit when Kino and some of the Imperial Guards like who whose idea was this? Right? Oh, it was him. You know, he was uh, helping poor Yulof, uh rest in peace. Uh, you know, he was trying to help him yeah. to make sure, hey, you you're you know you're not doing well. Let me do your part in mine, and you know just. I don't know. I, I really, because, you know, in the heist leading up to that, he didn't want any part of it. Now, when right. the heist happened, him and Cousin Richie stood up as the leaders because you could tell they had both done this before. Right. But, like, in this one, it was a total, I guess, sim more similar to what he, way he was in Rogue One. Yeah, one of the things that I mean, this is this is what they're doing with his character. They're giving him uh, just a fantastic arc because when we first see him in the in the first three episodes, he is so focused on himself. He's so focused on you know I need his to get sister. Up. Yeah, he and his sister. That's all he's that's all he cares about. He, just he and his sister. He does he wants to find his sister, and you know he doesn't really care that about the rebellion. He hates the empire. That is obvious, you know, because he had that scene in episode three where he talks about how lazy and fat the empire has come and how they're just absolutely awful. But he has no grand designs to try to do anything to, to get rid of them. He doesn't want to be part of that. And, he, and throughout most of really episode four through six, the only reason he's doing it is because he wants the money. Uh, he's doing it because he's basically a mercenary, but you see him grow in episodes four through six, like, when he realizes the plan is crap because they they won't let they're they're getting ready to pilot the ship and they have no idea how it works he's like he, he has to step up and he has to right. take on a bigger role it's not necessarily that he wants to it's just that he has to and so he's developing this arc and now that we've gotten to this point with him in episode nine he was forced to take on leadership and now he's using that to help the team that he is a part of and he's going to use it to help get himself out of of this 
just absolutely awful prison, which I'm wondering, you know, does does Disney get like a discount on the v, on the visual effects for 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 water prisons <laughs> since they have the raft and and Marvel and now they have these water prisons here in Arkina Five? Uh, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably it's probably all in Atlanta. Too. <laughs> probably is. They shoot everything in Atlanta. So, yeah. uh, but you know, so he's using these leadership skills that he has, and. He's seeing, we're seeing the benefit of it. We're seeing him completely start to change. I mean, he is becoming, he was completely all about himself. Now he's looking out for other people. He, I mean, he and that, I don't remember who the other guy was, but when Olaf was struggling to stand because he couldn't, he he just couldn't do it anymore. He and another guy are trying to prop him up while they're introducing the, they're bringing the new guy back yeah. out onto the floor so that he doesn't end up getting himself killed. And I want to give credit to uh, Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin on, uh, I was listening to their podcast today on this. You know, one of the questions they had earlier was when they first introduced this prison, you know, and they show us Olaf, who is obviously way older than everybody else. And, yeah. you know, when he becomes a weak, when he becomes the weak link, when he becomes a, uh, you know, uh, when he's holding production up, you know, is it they're going to turn on him and do something to him? No, they don't. They they want him to do their best to save him. And, right. and you know, give credit to uh, uh, Kino. I wouldn't have expected this from him. He because Olaf is supposed to be so close to being out of this thing, and when it comes to the point when he start when he's about to die, he's like, "No, you can't let him die. You can't let him die. He's almost out of here. You got to save him." Uh, yeah, uh, like I said, that was some a part of me that I just did not see coming out of Kino's character. I, I agree, man. And then that was when the turn happened when he found out yeah. no one's getting out of there. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna just killed everyone on uh, was it level two? Level right? two. Let's talk about that real quick. So something has happened, and they're because they're they the, the, one of the great things about Cassian and what they are setting up, especially what they set up in episode eight, when he is put into this prison, when when they have introduced him, you can tell he is clocking everything. He's clocking yes. the guards. Yes. He's clocking what's happening on the floor. He's clocking this signs signal thing that they have between floors. He's clocking mm-hmm. all this stuff, so he's registering it. He's still doing it here in episode 9 because he he has no grand designs to stay here. So he's got to be constantly observing everything and how yeah. he can best do that. And, you know, he one of the ways that he can get closer to, uh, to Kino is to be good at his job. And that's the only way that Kino is going to respect him is if if he's doing if he and his table are among the best and his table apparently has become one of the best in 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 their level uh and kino has some respect for him but he every time that andy cassie nandor is like bringing up this possibility of breaking out you know there was a moment when when kino was just like lighting into everyone because there was that rumor that something's happened on on level two something's going on now i I fully expect him to go into the golem mode there for a minute my precious (laughs) all your nasty hobbits uh i was really expecting that at some point in that little rant that he was having uh but you know, he is completely, he's trying to just get out. He, and he, he, you know, he's not going to stop Cassian from trying to make his escape, but he makes it pretty clear. Like I'm not involved. I'm just getting right. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he wanted, like you said, he's like, y'all better not screw up me getting out. of yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, cause I'm not going to do anything to help. And even if you kind of get the feeling like if I ever sense that you are, I'm going to stop you myself. So, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but like that, and uh, well, that's one of the great things because they kind of revisit this thing when he's talking to him about it. And Kino's like, "You really shouldn't be talking about this." I mean, they can hear us. They can, and 
they revisit this idea of the empire is just so fat and lazy and just so smug about their position. He's like, nobody's listening. They don't care. They don't, yeah. they don't care. Yeah. They're not going to listen to us because they don't think they're, that we're possible. It's even possible. They think they have this foolproof prison here and they think they have this foolproof way of keeping people from escaping and they don't. Uh, and right. that's kind of one of the things that he's trying to set up. But yeah, it's uh, nobody's listening. Yeah, the no, name of the that's the name of the episode. That's where they get it from. And there's multiple, uh, you know, things. There's kind of this double thing where you know nobody right. was listening to to Mon Mothma. So like they 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 yeah. kind of put that in there in a couple of di- different ways. But like I said, just the, the way that they are setting this up, and once we you know level two all of a sudden is no longer there after one of the shifts they realize that when they're changing level two is completely gone and they're like oh crap what what has happened and there's all these rumors about what has happened and like one of the prevailing rumors is that they were released and and that's kind of like how can we do that there's all this stuff going on yeah uh but when you know it kind of gets to that point at the end where they are Olaf is he has taken a turn for worse he's 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 just not himself anymore, and they bring in a doctor who is a prisoner as well, who's who's, a, who's another prisoner, and the, he's trying to like convey some stuff, but they got that guard watching, and they finally get rid of the guard, and that's when they reveal that level two was completely killed. All of them were killed; they were all electrocuted because they bring in. They had released somebody else on another floor. He was released, but the very next day after he was released, he was brought into level two, and they're basically telling us. You're not leaving. You may they may yeah. make it look like you leave and to give the rest of the people hope on your floor, but they're gonna put they're gonna bring you right back in. Uh, like the one thing I wasn't really sure about did they not even let him go or did they just find some other trumped up charge to bring him back on? I'm I'm assuming they didn't let him go. Yeah, that's kind of the way uh, I thought they, too. They just threw him like you, you know you were in level five now you're in level two. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. So. Yeah. Even though technically his sentence was up, they they need the they need the workforce, they need the workers, so they're not going to let you go just because your sentence is technically up. We're still going to keep you. And somebody on the second level finds out, and it basically causes an, a near riot, and they just kill everybody uh, because yeah. that's what happens. And this is when this is when uh, Kino is like, okay. Because uh, Cassian has been trying to find out from Kino how many guards, how many guards are there on the floor? how many guards are there on the floor, how many guards are there, and he wouldn't tell him. And at this point, you know, as they're going back, Cassian says, "So how many guards are there on the floor?" He says, "Never more than 12. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yes, well, yes." When he's telling, when the uh, doctor is telling him that story, one when he's they they just kill they don't even help people they just kill them. Yeah, they just kill them. Yeah, they just kill them. And then uh, and then when he finds out how you know you're not getting out of here. You just see this look in, in uh, Keto's face change. Yeah. And my first thought was, we're going to watch Andy Serkis kill about 12 guards at a time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's just going to be, because uh, he's been working so hard and he's been pushing yeah. the people. And it's like, it's all been for nothing. It's been for yep. absolutely nothing at this point. And I uh, like that. That was just fantastic. So watching uh, Andy Circus choke someone with his bare hands. I'm excited about. Oh yeah. T- fantastic. That'll be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else we want to talk about before we get on to our weekly awards uh, real quick. And we don't have to fully go into the scene, but I was so excited that the week that the Lord of the Rings 
and House of the Dragon have ended, uh, Andor is like, okay, we'll just bring Andy Serkis right. and Forrest <laughs> freaking Whitaker to the That's cast. right. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, well, all right, we'll take all your viewers now. Yeah, yeah. Even though I don't know if they did. I'm kind of hoping they did, but I don't know if they did. So. Yeah. But I, I was excited about that. All right, uh, so here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we do awards each week. Up first is our Tyrion Lannister. Who did you go with for your MVP this week? Well, we kind of hit at this early. It's Denise Goff as uh, Deidre Mira for me. And she was, for both episodes, I thought she was incredible. For this one, I, would, I went ahead and went with Kyle Solar as, as, as Cyril Karn just because, man, he was creepy. Man, he was. <laughs> and he was he creepy. Was. So, like I said, just what what we got from him just, like, freaked me out. And like Absolutely. Said, and when you can catch me off guard the way that he has caught me off guard so many times, yeah. it's just really fantastic. So. Yeah. Uh, next is the Agatha all along, the best scene of the week what'd you go with i went with the the the, the last scene where where rest in peace Yulof dies and then we find out what happened to season i mean what happened to floor two and also there are no more than 12 guards at a time <laughs> yes. uh i went with the scene between dedra and bix were uh leading up to her torture the conversation that yeah, those two had that was good too that was a fantastic scene but yours is good too look there's very few uh, yeah. There's almost no bad scenes in this, so right. Uh, the, if you come to the king, you best not miss. What was your best line? The worst thing you can do right now is bore me. I went with uh, never more than twelve. <laughs> like I said, yeah. uh, getting seeing him get activated, just fantastic. Uh, both it them, was, but man. both of them are good. It yeah, was great. But when she says, you know, the worst thing you can do is bore me, then you know, that's just a creepy, you know, kind of spine chilling thing that yeah. you would expect. So. All right, uh, we do have a writing system here on the Game of uh, not the kind of Game of Thrones on the main attraction podcast. We started with the Game of Thrones; that's our highest rating. Uh, beneath Game of Thrones is a lost. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Uh, beneath Friends is a Full House. At the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. Where are you going with? Uh, we've both been at Game of Thrones. I'm assuming we're both staying there, but I'll go ahead and ask yes. you. Anyway. Yes, Game of Thrones. Yeah, it is. Game of Thrones. It's one of the best shows. Look, it's one of the best. It's, this may end up being the best thing I've ever seen that come out of Star Wars. Uh, yeah. And as big of a Star Wars fan as yeah. I am, it's saying something. So. I would be shocked if this isn't at the top of my top ten. Yeah, I, I would be surprised too. It's it's going. It's right now. It's, for me, it's like there's all. It, it's in a three way race <laughs> for me at this point. Yeah. So. Well, and I have to say, cousin Richie made the bear even higher yeah. on the list. Now. Yeah, he did. So you know, the, him being in this show. So yeah, I I love it. Uh, it's I, I'm going to keep praising it. Yeah, I'm too. I, I will definitely keep praising it. So, all right, uh, we're not doing uh, since this is our third episode. And we try to do something a little different on our third episode. Uh, we're about a week ago uh, a little over a week ago actually it was announced that james gunn and somebody else i don't remember the, the guy's uh, name peter, peter saffron and he's doing more of the producing part of it getting the money together okay that's what i was going to say i think what's going to happen uh well, let's get into let me actually say it so james gunn and peter saffron they've been announced as co-presidents of dc of the dc portion of uh i guess of warner brothers so yep. basically combined they are going to be kevin feige and like you said i figured peter saffron was gonna be more of the money person behind this yeah and james gunn is going to be more of the creative person uh, in this uh the person who though is who is like getting all the attention though is james gunn <laughs> i mean yeah uh, he's yes. the person that people know he's done he did guardians of the galaxy he's done a ton of movies but uh, a lot of them aren't nearly as big as guardians of the galaxy is and he also did peacemaker earlier this year and he did the suicide, suicide squad. squad so uh 
and all of his stuff has been pretty universally praised. Suicide Squad didn't get quite as big a praise. It, it was still pretty pretty well received. Yeah, and uh, it was rushed to get yeah, out during the pandemic as right. well. Yeah. So uh, that's what we're talking about here. What are your thoughts and general thoughts on that? One, I was like, finally. Yes. I was like, well, DC has finally have a creative person. I was like, all right, good, finally. And I was like, what? It's James Gunn. Yeah, I know. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was really excited about this because I think it's really good. I, there are some, there are some reservations I have about it uh, because yeah. the things that look, I don't. I love James Gunn. I love what he does. Not, you know, he still needs to allow. He does need to make sure he keeps it kind of in the Kevin Feige reign in terms of this. You know, right. if he if he wants to direct some of this stuff, let him go direct it. Uh, you know, if he wants to hire himself to direct it, great, go direct it. But. He doesn't need to like make everything. Doesn't need to, he doesn't need to kind of do what Zack Snyder was trying to do. I was about to say, don't Zack Snyder this. Yeah, you don't need your touch to be on every single thing that DC right. does. Let Absolutely. the higher directors get them involved and let them tell their own story. Right. Because like well, also because Peter Saffron, one of his biggest collaborators is James Wan. How is it? Who we love the the uh, Aquaman movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you can to keep James Wan on. Right, you, you know, let them do their let them do their stuff. And if yeah. you want to direct something, that's fine. But don't you know, right. you know, I, I, James Gunn I think could direct a Superman, but his style wouldn't really what he normally does in in his style wouldn't really fit a Superman movie if that no, makes any no. sense. So like I said, I, mean, I agree. I don't think he couldn't do it, but if he were to try to tell the story in the same way that he tells all his other stories, I don't think it would work in that type of a movie. But he he could kill a Flash movie. Oh yeah, he absolutely could. Uh, but and uh, I bet he would kill Ezra Miller off. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're right about that. Uh, one of the things I, that I really am interested to see how this develops. Because obviously, you know, Black Adam is going to be a part of whatever DC is going to do. Uh, right. The Rock wants to continue. And it's done big. It's yeah, actually it, been a big hit. It has been. It's been a very big uh, box office hit. So they're going to keep this. They're going to want to do more with this character. But, you know, the people, if, if you've seen Black Adam, uh, I don't want to spoil it uh, for those people who haven't. But the biggest issue, I think, with Black Adam is just the Rock's stubborn, you know, only certain things can happen. I don't allow myself to lose a fight. I don't allow right, right, right. this whole idea. This the fact that look, I love the Rock. I love Dwayne Johnson. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's a very charismatic. Uh, his movies are kind of bleh. I'll be real honest. So they're they're yeah. pretty they're pretty formulaic. Uh, they're fun, but they're still a little formulaic. Right. Uh, yeah. But he only allows his characters. He will not allow let certain things happen to his characters on screen because he has a huge ego. So I yeah. want to see if James Gunn can like convince him that we've got to do some more with your character than just be yeah, what it is. Yeah. 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 His problem, he got in the fast and the furious and Vin, Vin, uh, Diesel, Vin Diesel has the, has the same issues and they got into it with each other and that kind of, kind of had it, but he's, he's gotten away with uh, some, a little better about that kind of stuff. He wasn't he's in Black Adam. Ke- okay. Well, I hate to hear that. Because, like, he's done some stuff with Kevin Hart and yeah. stuff. That's and the only person. That's, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned because I've heard somebody say the only person he will allow to kind of, like, 
kind of come at him a little bit and kind of like yeah. kind of make him look a little silly on screen is is, is Kevin Hart. He's well, the only one. Jason Statham too from the Fast and Furious because they were like rivals and, and they had that movie together. Yeah. And I haven't seen look, I've not seen the Fast and Furious. One of these days, I may go back and watch all nine of them. I, I would watch the one with those two together, the uh, like Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Hobbs I and think, Shaw. And, and, yeah, that's the one where they're they're rivals, and it's pretty funny. Uh, one of the things that the they the people who were creating the who created those films when all three of them were together. They literally had like count the punches on screen to make sure everything was even and everything was equal. Right. I mean, that's just how. Well, that was Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is really bad. So, like I said, it's just it's. Yeah. But, but like I said, Rock's got some of that too. So. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I can't. That's what I want to see from how James Gunn handles that because that's yeah. going to be really interesting to me. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you want your superhero to, like, always, always, and he he wasn't. He never really played a superhero, but and uh, like Chris Pratt has some of this. Is is you want a Kurt Russell from the eighties who was the hero, but he would take a good butt whooping. Yeah, he would. And Chris mm. Pratt has done that in, in Guardians. Yeah, you he want has. that kind of character, right? You do. You absolutely want that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I'll, I'll, I think this is a step in the right direction. I think they yeah. can finally figure some things out on the DC. Look, there have been some good stuff. Look, the Suicide Squad was good. The Batman was good. Uh, mm-hmm. We love the Peacemaker. We love both love Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, it was a fantastic show. Well, you know, and uh, Cena, of all people, yeah. has no problem taking a, a good whooping. And he has no problem being the butt of the joke. Uh, right, right. With- he sure did. <laughs> Peacemaker. <laughs> Peacemaker, yeah. so, uh, Literally, like- his, his own buns out there to yeah. show. You're right. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I'm really excited. Excited, but I think it's. I think it'll yeah. be good. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does with this thing. So, one of the one of the things that was interesting is when they were doing the premiere for. Uh, for Wakanda Forever, the, somebody stopped Kevin Feige and asked, and they said, you know, because apparently the news released that day uh, when the, yeah, on the yeah. premiere, and they said, uh, you know, James Gunn was just announced as basically the co-president of of uh, DC, and Kevin Feige said, "Oh, that's great." He's busy until May. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, all right. Uh, anything else we want to discuss before we sign off this week? Uh, no, just appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.